Hi, my name is Benjamin Glover. Welcome to Toga Talks. On this podcast, we'll be discussing issues related to Saratoga Springs, and more specifically the Saratoga Springs High School. Uh, These issues will be commented on from a high schoolish perspective. I'm a freshman in the class of 2026. Um, Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, First, we have the SRO vote. Um, On January 10th, uh, I was actually at the meeting. In a narrow 5-4 to vote, uh, the school board voted to add uh, two uh, school resource officers, or SROs, to the um, um, elementary schools in Saratoga Springs. This was a close vote, uh, 5-4, to and widely considered swing vote John Ellis uh, was the deciding factor here. I think this was interesting, particularly because of the um, hostile environment to which the vote was conducted. Um, There was accusations of certain board members being anti-police. There was accusations of mm, unprofessional behavior. especially regarding those previous accusations of being anti-police. And the board president and board vice president were on the uh, against vote, which is interesting because they were overruled by the um, majority. (laughs) So um, another thing that I think is interesting here is that um, Saratoga Springs High School sends two student representatives. Um, I think it's I think it's one, and then there's like an assistant, or it's a it's a vice position. It's the it's the it's the they function as like a student attaché to kind of advise the council or advise the uh, board on you know the student's attitude and um, general feeling towards things that are come before the board. Um, And this is a quote from the Daily Gazette. Um, Student Representative Kate Thompson said the district hasn't really spoken to the people who would have been most impacted by the decision to get through to her thoughts, her peers, which I think is very interesting because this is is a student-focused issues. SROs affect students at these schools the most, and the fact that they were not consulted in any way, shape, or form really just shows a disconnect in the current board and an underutilization of what I think personally is an excellent position to have that student voice on the council, on the board. At Saratoga Springs High School, we do have, in fact have an SRO, Officer Barrett, who I personally have an excellent experience with. He's, um, he doesn't, he serves as a important early inter- intervention figure for the school. So you don't see him, he's, he doesn't function in a punitive role. He's not putting kids in handcuffs and walking them, walking them down the hallways. He serves more to be, I see him talking to the differently abled students and the uh, community, people from communities who are disadvantaged. And I think that's, he, he functions almost as a counselor, but in a uniform, which serves the added purpose of building a healthy relationship with police, which is important in a lot of these young people's lives. Um, especially those who come from communities who have been, who historically have been mistreated by police. Um, 
it's important to build that positive relationship and that positive rapport at an early age. And having a having a model police officer in the school, talking to the students, helping them out, being that kind of counselor for them, it's it's resourceful. And I think it serves. I think it is an incredibly important point, and it is way overshadowed by the obvious advantage of SROs, is which is school shootings. Um, a lot of people in the public comment period for the Board of Education meeting came up in support of SROs, and a lot of the reasons they provided were to do with school shootings and to do with school safety incidents and to do with people who are having mental health crises, which in my experience has been the most auxiliary, auxiliary role of SROs, um, pointing out at, at uh, in that terrible tragedy in Texas um, at Uvalde, there was an SRO on campus and that didn't prevent the horrible tragedy from occurring. But I feel as if that's not the main focus of SROs. It should not be school safety prevention. It should be outreach and early intervention. So overall, I just, I think this was an interesting vote. I found it interesting how it was so close. I found it interesting how it was so divisive. And I found it interesting how many people came out in support and against it. There was a lot of people who came in support and there was a lot of people who came to speak out against what they believed was a bad decision that the school board was about to make, which is just another example of Saratoga Springs being a politically active population. I think that's a great thing. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about SROs. Uh, feel free to post in the comments of this, uh, this podcast or, um, you know, email at uh, togatalks at gmail.com if you have any comments or you want anything to be featured. As soon as I start, you know, getting responses to stuff, I will read them on the podcast. So if you have something interesting to say, say it. All right, great. Um, moving on. Regents Week. So Regents Week is coming up for students of Saratoga Springs High School, including myself. Most people have two to three. Um, most freshman students have two to three. I'm unaware about the three other grades. Um, tests. Most of the midterms. Um, some people, including myself, have didn't take a Regents last year for a class that they are required to take a Regents for. So... For example, I will be taking an Algebra 1 Regent and a Geometry Midterm and an Earth Science Midterm, which means I have three. But most people would just only be taking two. So, yeah. Um, the general attitude at the school seems to be uh, one of distaste for the system as a whole, just the Regent system in general. The teachers don't seem excited about it. The students don't seem excited about it. But, you know, it's test week. There is a certain aspect of that is, is that isn't like it's a sy- systemic problem. But it's more of a, just a fact of life, which is that people don't like tests, you know? So um, that's that's the general attitude at the school right now. Um, something that I think is interesting moving into this kind of spring-summer period where a lot of people are planning for their next, um, you know, uh, course selection, right? So... There's two courses, two courses that I'm aware of that are being dropped next year. Um, First of all, the Latin program. So a little bit of background here. Uh, Magistra Sedlon, who is my French teacher, who I know her as Madame Sedlon, and, you know, 
people from the real world know as Miss Sedlon. She is, uh, or Mrs., sorry. Uh, she is retiring this year. So at the last school board meeting, they were accepting her retirement. And a group of alum and current Latin students came out in support of the Latin program, basically saying, this is a great thing. You should not remove this. And I thought that was really interesting because it's it's rare in my experience that you see students come out in support of a class that they aren't even taking anymore. So it, it shows that the Latin program clearly did have an effect on students and clearly inspired some students to do some great things. Several of the people who are alums were majors, you know, classical majors. One was from Skidmore, one was from uh, UAlbany. It's just, it's interesting to see how much of an effect that had on those students that they felt it was important to speak out for it. Um, so after they came up and talked, uh, the uh, board president uh, spoke briefly to the issue. He addressed the fact that Magistra, Mag, Magistra Sedlon is the only Latin teacher at the school, which means her retirement is, it's not, it's, they're not closing a program down to allocate teachers. The teacher is not available. So it, it really becomes an aspect of if you want to keep this Latin program, you'd have to hire another teacher. The school district doesn't seem prepared or ready or willing. I could not speak on that. I'm not intricately uh, knowledgeable about the school budget and, and the internal thoughts of the board members' heads. But um, I don't believe that it will be kept for next year despite the outcry from the former Latin students and current Latin students who are going to have to transfer out to another language, which I can understand that that would be, that would suck, especially for like a senior who has to transfer out of that and take like French one or Spanish one. It's just, it's an unfortunate situation. The second course that I know is being dropped is AP Physics. And this one's actually more interesting because it, it, is, it is an example of a much larger trend that includes a lot of schools moving away from the AP program and towards the university and high school program, which is what is being re replaced with. Um, so I think this is a, a good move for the school. I, I feel like it's going to be met with some criticism from parents, from students, because there is a uh, reputation around AP classes as being important, as being necessary, as being a sign of a smart person or an intelligent person. It just, it's, it doesn't take into the fact that the AP program as a whole is being phased out in a lot of places in the country and not everywhere. Some student schools are adding AP programs and some states are unique. But in New York, at least, I know that there is a there is a slow shift away from AP programs and into college classes and this university and high school program. So I just I think that's interesting. Um, I won't be taking AP physics class next year because that's an uh, that's a, a junior senior class. But um, I just I think that's um, interesting to see how the university high school in high school pro the, the program is called university in high school to clarify. Um, yeah, so the next thing I'd like to talk about is the, um, oh yes, the Schenectady Invitational. So, uh, a whole bunch of boys 
and I believe it was just the boys wrestling team from Saratoga Springs went to a invitational wrestling tournament in Schenectady. Um, a few of my friends attended who were on the wrestling team. It seemed to be a much larger event that Saratoga Springs was a small competitor to, which is unique because we're a big school. We're 2,000 students. Uh, you know, we have many programs. We have many athletic programs. Our athletics program is huge. There's a huge movement, the blue streaks behind the, you know, there's a school pride, right? So it's interesting to see some of these smaller programs competing against, you know, schools that are more focused on wrestling. Anyway, it's, um, yeah. So, um, speaking more widely on the issue of school pride, um, something that I found very interesting at Saratoga Springs High School is the, the, there seems to be a strong amount of almost patriotism towards the school specifically. Um, they have several rivalries, most notably with Shenandoah High School, uh, more commonly known as Shen. Um, and these are, you know, evident students. They paint their faces. They wear jerseys, they wear hats, they wear colors. This is usually around homecoming. People focus way more on the homecoming games than the basketball games. Because um, right now we're in basketball season, so people go to the homecoming games, people go to the non-homecoming football games, they dress up, they have themes. It's like, it's the whole school comes out. Um, and I think it's really interesting. And I feel like, actually, I, I don't feel like I know this, in a lot of modern schools that's becoming less and less of a, feature of American culture is the kind of football culture, you know, school pride, wear your colors, you know, the, the football team is, uh, celebrities, which I feel like I think is less true at Saratoga Springs high school. The, the culture around football at Saratoga Springs high school is less centered on the, the, almost raising these footballers on a pedestal. It seems more to raise the whole school on a pedestal. It, it idealizes the, um, the school as a whole. Unless you're personally friends or you know someone who's personally friends with the football players, um, then you probably won't hear about their you know personal lives or gossip about them. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's a really interesting aspect of Saratoga Springs High School. Um now, speaking more widely for Saratoga Springs, little Saratoga Springs City Council report, there was a meeting on, let me see here, the 17th, January 17th. And a couple, there was a couple major things that happened. Um, so there was a presentation regarding Union Avenue. They were considering adding a bike lane. Um, and this was met with a lot of controversy, which I thought was very interesting. On one side, there was residents of Union Avenue who formed a uh, citizens action group and came out. They had a sign. Um, feel free to email me. I'll send you a picture if you'd like. It's 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 a it's a nice sign. It's, it's clearly somebody printed it out and they went to a you know print shop or whatever, and it says, um, let's see here. Let me check. Uh, yeah. So it says right here, pump the brakes, stop, think, make a plan. Historic Union Avenue Neighborhood Association, which is the name of the Citizens Action Group. So I think this is interesting because it shows that like 
people care about their neighborhood, right? So there, you know, there was a lot of people at this meeting. It was it was full of, we were in the music hall, and it was full of, you know, people lined up to the doors. And there was strong support and strong opposition. Now, on the support side, we have bikers in Saratoga, as well as the organization known as Bikeatoga in Saratoga Springs. Um, it's a large, um, I don't know how to describe it, uh, bicycling advocacy group slash repair shop. Um, And they sent out an email, which I got forwarded to me a few times, from the chair of the uh, uh, Saratoga Democratic Committee, as well as directly from Mr. uh, His name is slipping my mind right now, but the uh, head of Bikeatoga. So, you know, saying, okay, here's the January 17th meeting. They're having a public hearing on this. Come out voice your support, you know, tell the city council how much, how many people bike in Saratoga. So, um, people came out, you know, they listened to the emails, they, they, uh, attended the meeting and they spoke passionately. Overall, it seemed to be more positive. However, there is a certain value you have to attribute to people who live on the street versus people who don't live on the street. So if you were to count up all the people who came out in support and against it, the support would win by like a landslide. It was probably two thirds, if not three fourths, majority yes. However, the people who, li- who were opposed to it were people living on Union Avenue. And there was a couple on Union Avenue who are on the sports side. But overwhelmingly, on the in Union Avenue, it's, it seems, there seems to be an opposition. Or at least there seems to be opposition who's willing to come to a city council meeting and wait their turn in a line to go talk about how much they hate bicycle lanes. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so there was a presentation made by uh, someone, a contractor who's working with the city. Uh, about the bike lane, about gave us some statistics about kind of disproving a lot of the people who were against it, what they were saying. It was it was accurate. It was concise. It was it was interesting and it was fact based. So uh, overall, like eleven out of ten. You know what I mean? It was it was great. But um, yeah. So that was the main thing. That was what people were out there for. Some uh, secondary. Well, actually, there is another primary thing. So, um, at the city council meeting, they nominated a poet laureate. Uh, his name is, uh, Joseph Brakak, I want to say, or Bruak, possibly the third, um, mayor, the poet laureate committee, which was established a few months ago, uh, nominated him and recommended him to mayor Kim, uh, mayor Kim accepted it and uh, nominated him as Poet Laureate on January 17th. He was uh, inaugurated, and they did a little photo op, and he read a poem, which I believe was it was powerful. It was accompanied by an instrument, uh, playing of an instrument, uh, almost, a, almost a flute, but not a flute. Um, I, I don't know the exact name of the instrument. But, um, yeah, he he clearly has a skill for the arts and will serve as a fine poet laureate um some his you know rundown of his resume here he has a uh, bachelor of the arts from uh, cornell he's a master's in literature and creative writing from syracuse and he has a phd in uh, comparative literature from the union institute uh in ohio 
Uh, he also has honorary doctorates from across America. Um, he for three years he was teaching in West Africa, and in eight years he directed a college program for Skidmore, inside of a maximum security prison, which is very interesting. Uh, his late wife, Carol, uh, and him, he, they founded the uh, Greenfield Review Literary Center and the Greenfield Review Press. Um, yeah, so I, I think it was a, a, a good appointment. It was the committee went well. It took a, a while for them to select. It was very competitive. Um, it was chaired by Rachel Baum, I believe. Um, and, you know, overall, I think it's a, a good step for the city. Uh, yeah. And then that was there was some, you know, auxiliary things that happened at that meeting. But that was the focus of the, the meeting were those were those two things. Um, yeah. So that's news from Saratoga Springs High School. There's my two cents on it all. And there's news from Saratoga Springs. And there's my two cents on that as well. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Benjamin Glover. You can uh, follow us on Instagram. We are Toga Talks. On Facebook, we're also Toga Talks. And on YouTube, we are Sarah Toga Talks because Toga Talks was taken. You can always email us at togatalks at gmail.com. And all these links are in the description. Thank you for listening and have a great night.